Hey guys, I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm the chief creative officer, a motivational speaker, and a life and business coach at a company called Rayma Team. I'm also thriving in the face of a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis. This weekly podcast is a series of real-life stories and conversations meant to encourage you with hope and more importantly, equip you with action steps to transform your life, your career, and your relationships. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. All right, overcomers, assemble. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. And I am excited about today's episode for a couple different reasons. Number one, my guest on the show today is my very best friend in the whole wide world, Rachel Perman. So welcome, Rachel. And the other reason I'm excited is this is, we can actually say it now, this is the first official She Who Overcomes podcast episode that we are doing that is produced by Rayma Team. Yay! Which is our brand new company uh, that we rebranded from Big Blue Couch Coaching. And so we do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a lot more a different. A lot differently. Yeah, a lot more different than we did with Big Blue Couch Coaching. And so if you want to know all about what we do, who we are now, you can go to team.com And the name Rayma is basically mine and Rachel's uh, like celebrity bestie couple name. Couple name, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why Rachel's name is first is because she is the rightful CEO of this company. So... This is the first time we're saying that on a podcast episode, <laughs> but also Rachel. Because Ma Ray sounded stupid. Right. So Ma Ray sounded stupid. Ray Man sounded stupid. I mean, you guys, we went through so many Mr. names. Mr. Coaching, Mr. Yes. Team. Because MR Coaching, but that looks like, that looks like Mr. Mr. So, you know. You know, it's different. <laughs> and so my job now is, you know, still, still, um, owner, mm-hmm. co owner. We're both still owners. We're both still owners, but my job is the chief creative officer, mm-hmm. which is sometimes more than I than I bargained for, I think, but I, I'm loving it. Like I think so there's CEO. So is so. CEO. <laughs> it's really great to be in the right spots, right? Like, it is. And it's nice to actually be able to talk about it because being able to, like we've kept the secret since, when did we start this? April, So four months. Um, and the one three. thing we knew from the very beginning was that Raymob was going to be the name of the company. Mm-hmm. And if you go to RaymaTeam.com, you can click on the About page and you can learn all about it because Rayma actually stands for something, too. It's not just a, like our bestie couple name. It actually stands for some characteristics and it's actually like, you know, a Hebrew word and all that. So it's it's a very cool concept that mm-hmm. we built this company around. And we've known literally since April that this was going to be the name of the company. So keeping it quiet for... Oh, this was the hardest thing. How, how long is from April to August? Forever is what it feels like, but... Um, it's, it's nice to four finally months, say it out loud. Rachel. Four it? months. Oh, and four long months. It's been, I think it's been harder for me than for you because I don't know. I like to share things. <laughs> um, I think you, yeah, it's I, been I, easier for you. You're, you're really good at holding, at biting your tongue. <laughs> I can keep a secret when I need to, 
But when it's something in my own life, like I don't really like keeping secrets in my own life. I don't actually like saying things until they're all ready. So like you like inviting people along to the process, right. like the creativity part of it to be like, oh my gosh, you got to see this thing I just said. And I'm like, oh, please don't look like all of the things <laughs> are not put together yet. And it's just a half baked <sighs> idea. And I'm like, Yeah. So. And so this is the first time that I have, I, I have hinted at things. I have shared it with, I have had a few close people that I've been able mm-hmm. to be like, what do you think? Right. You know, give me some insight here, which I think we needed. Mm -hmm. And this episode is not at all going to be about rebranding. In fact, the only place where you're going to get that information for the foreseeable future is in our soon to launch coaching program. Right. Because I think when this one goes out, it's like a week ish or so before. Okay. So um, we're recording this on uh, Friday, July, what day is it? 26th, no 27th, whatever like it is. That. So, so eight, August 5th is when this episode goes right, out. I think registration opens the 15th. Yes. Ish. I something like so. that. When you guys go to the website, you can check it out. You're going to mm-hmm. want to go under coaching. Look at Emerge. Look at Emerge. It's the place you want to be for mm-hmm. real. It's really the place where you can emerge as your best self. You can emerge as a strong leader and you can emerge as a virtually savvy mogul. It's coaching program that's going to happen every month, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it in brand new ways. And we're really combining everything that we've been doing for the last five years, like the best of it Mm -hmm. in the personal growth, professional growth industry. So that's that's what you get to know in a nutshell. But (laughs) the first thing that we're doing is we're talking about authenticity. And so we will be doing a an exclusive podcast episode for our Emerge members. That's right. And that's going to be talking about this journey of rebranding and the hard questions that we had to ask <laughs> ourselves and uh, just the whole experience. So we haven't recorded that episode we yet. We have not. And so if you guys are like, enjoy what happens when I come on to Mandy's podcast and we kind of get to banter back and forth as as creatives and business owners, you guys will love the Emerge podcast because mm. we will not be doing a podcast as Rayma team. No, um, this will only be available in our members area. Right. So Mandy will continue with her podcast and then we will have our Emerge, I don't even know what we're going to call it, the Emerge podcast, I guess, will yeah. be an exclusive to that group. But um, yeah, go check that out for one thing. You guys cannot beat the price on what you get for oh, business not. coaching um, and the high, uh, not high, what am I thinking of? The state-of-the-art classroom yes. and system that's going to be delivering your content. Oh, you guys, I cannot Oh, wait. we're so, so excited. excited. We can sure try to talk can, about it. I'm sure you can tell in our voices. So um, yeah, go check it out. So, and I think it's really funny. We have... We have a couple of our coaching clients that have been in our monthly program that we used to do with Big Blue Couch Coaching, and they are like begging us, like you're going to share what you've learned, right? Like we're not <laughs> going to so have to scared wait. That they're going to, we're just right. going to be like, "Mom's the word" on this whole nope. experience we've had over the last four months. Oh no, we're going to oh, bring no. you in to all we're bring the details. You in, but the only place you can get it right now is and forever is in Emerge. <laughs> yep. So um, that's coming up. So now that we've done a really long intro of all the things we're excited about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we want to uh, really talk to you today about today's topic, which might be throwing some of you for a loop. <laughs> it's um, This episode is called The Unintended Danger of Accountability. And so... There's two different types of people we're talking to in this episode. Mm-hmm. The first is the person who needs accountability, needs to be able to reach their goals and keeps falling off the wagon because you can't keep yourself accountable. Okay. Keep, you know, lean in because this episode is for you. The second is for 
coaches, mm-hmm. trainers, the people who are giving accountability, right. mentors. There's two sides to this unintended danger of accountability topic. And and it's something that we all need, whether we are the one getting accountability or the one giving it. And so this is why I wanted to bring Rachel in on this topic. I was originally going to do it all on my own. <laughs> and her eyes lit up. <laughs> I have thoughts about this when, topic. when I told her that I was going to do it. And so um, the the first thing I want to talk about is uh, what we've what we've seen through the years working as coaches, mm-hmm. being in our own coaching programs as the coaches, as well as being students in other people's coaching programs and experiencing all different types of accountability. Like Rachel, what are some of the ways that you personally have experienced accountability? Let's start there. Um, well, for me, um, probably the most basic would probably be the group environment coaching environments that I've been a part of where you're like one of a couple hundred people in a group. And usually that accountability is kind of like your own. I mean, the coach sets out whatever your goals should be or whatever the like, um, you know, challenges for the month that you're supposed to complete, but it's kind of more like self-led. It's not like they're going to be calling you or sending you an email or anything like that if you don't get it done. Um, and then I've gone all the way up to, you know, one-on-one coaching and counseling where you know, you're expected to get your homework in by a certain amount of time. Um, I literally have a session with a coach tomorrow and I had to get my, um, I don't remember what she calls. I think it's a prep form is what she calls it. I had to get that in like 24 hours before the session. I had to do the homework that she had given me. Um, So I think I've done the entire gamut between here's kind of a little bit of accountability and here's like, okay, if you're not going to do it, then we're not going to have a session. Like I literally just got off the phone this morning with a client that was like, listen, I would much rather call you and say, it's been an incredibly busy week. And I don't, I am not prepared for a session tomorrow. And I don't want to waste your time then show up. And I'm like, well, a, first of all, I sent you an email yesterday saying we needed to reschedule. So this is too funny, <laughs> but I'm like, that's, that's what I need. I'm like, even if you're calling the same day, I would much rather have a client who's like, listen, I dropped the ball here instead of showing up and faking it. And being like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure we can just talk about it in session. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. If I give you homework and a deadline, you need to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I have I have experienced accountability in those ways as well. And just listening to you talk about this has made me realize that every single person listening to my voice right now, if you have graduated from high school, <laughs> you know how to be accountable. Uh, for sure. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, it's just like school. It is. It's just like school. And the problem that most people run into is they stop growing mm-hmm. after high school or after college. Right. After they reach a certain point, they stop growing. Therefore, they stop keeping themselves accountable. Well, and I was just going to say, don't you think there's a connection too between that like maybe not all of us will have that same kind of accountability where like you got to get your homework in by a certain time or you got to get your plan in like trainers. You Mm -hmm. often have to get your plan in by a certain time or they won't work with you. We might not all have that, but I think if you don't put yourself into those environments at least a few times, you're going to lose the ability to be Mm self-accountable. And I think the biggest danger, the only danger that we want to talk about today it really is just one. It right? really is just one. It's it's codependency. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous when you see this happening in your own life as the person who is 
you know, learning how to be accountable, who's working with a coach, who's working with a trainer. Mm -hmm. If you notice codependency creeping up, that's a danger. It's also a danger if you as the trainer and you as the coach notice that the majority of your clients have codependency. That means you're doing something wrong. Oh, absolutely. That means you are not pulling the best out of them for long-term change and you're focusing more on the glory for you. Well, and I think too, you're not only focusing on that, but you're creating robots of yourself. Yes. Like if you think that that's what coaching is or that's what training is or consulting is, is to create more versions of you doing the exact same thing you did to get the exact same success. That is not what coaching or, or training or consulting is supposed to be. It's supposed to bring out the best in them. And when you do that right, there should not be codependency. Right. But if that's the goal is to just keep recreating and there's this thing called duplicating in like network marketing, network marketing. that is not the same thing. You guys, no. um, that is, you know, a sales model to make sure that right. income keeps coming in. That is not what we're talking about. We are talking about literally like I do ABC. So you should also do ABC in the exact same order in the exact same time. And if you don't, then you're doing it wrong. Right. So you might be thinking, okay, well, what, what does codependency even mean? Because sometimes we need to look in the dictionary to actually get a better understanding. So I have the definition readily available oh, for good. us. Uh, codependency is an unhealthy psychological reliance of one person or another. That's it. That's and, pretty short and to the point. Yep. An unhealthy psychological reliance of one person or another. Uh, some synonyms would be attached, addicted, mutually dependent. And this one is very eye-opening. An unhealthy confidence. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's. That is definitely, that ties in so well Doesn't to what we're it? talking about. Because whether you're talking about it in your job or your relationships, the more confident you are, the less likely you will be codependent yes. with your clients, with your family, with whoever. Mm -hmm. um, ooh, I like that that's one of the synonyms in there. I've never thought about it that way, but it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. So, okay, here's the thing, you guys. We're not against accountability. Uh, accountability is good. Right. It is good. And there is... There will be seasons of your life where you need more accountability than than other seasons. Especially if you're learning a new skill. Right. And so when you are going through a season of accountability, your goal should really be to build your mental capacity so that you can motivate yourself and follow through without the encouragement or the motiva motivation of your coach, mm -hmm. like months or a year or two down the line. Like sometimes it takes a while mm -hmm. to build those muscles. Like when you're working out with somebody... You might have to do that for a year or two mm -hmm. before you have fully understood the the right form, the right schedule, the right food, like all of that. And your results will be dependent on how fast you go. If right. you're only meeting with somebody once or twice a week or once or twice a month, your results are going to be slower and you're probably going to need to work with them longer. Mm -hmm. If you're meeting with them a couple times a week and you are putting in the work on the days where you're not meeting with them, then your results are going to be faster and your your self-motivation, your healthy confidence is going to grow faster right. than, than without them. Right. And I think it's important. Everybody needs a, needs a coach at certain times of their life. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we need to evaluate whether or not we're staying with a coach because we like them versus we're growing. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think um, the more comfortable we get, the more we should probably be like, maybe I need to look for something at that next level. Mm -hmm. Because it's true, you probably should outgrow your coach most of the time. Right. Especially if it's a coach that is like very niche specific and they're not necessarily growing, um, you know, like a business coach can keep going with you as your business keeps going as long as they're also growing at right. the same time. Um, and I think you need to be aware of that as a, um, as a client mm-hmm. that when you start to get a little bit more complacent or a little bit more like this is, this is easy and I know what to expect. You got to shake it up. Like mm-hmm. the whole point of coaching is to create new behaviors right. and new pathways in your brain that teach you how, which is why when, like you said, when you work with, with a trainer or like somebody with nutrition, it takes a while. Like your brain has to completely relearn what nutrition means, what kind of things your body can actually accomplish, which is usually way more than we give it credit for. Uh-huh. Um, but your coach can only drag you as far as you are willing to go. Right. And I think when you are a coach, you need to remember that because um, we, especially when you're just starting out, we get so worried about how many people we have and how much money is coming in. We're willing to coach anybody and everybody and drag them kicking and screaming because one thing or another, Mm -hmm. um, they decided to start coaching, um, but they're not growing. That's a codependent relationship. It is. And a poverty mindset. Like as a coach, if that's how you're looking at things is, oh, but I don't want to lose them because then I lose the income. Well, then A, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. B, you're not really helping yourself or them. Right. Also, you can put accountability steps into place with a codependent client and it can work itself out. I've seen that happen. Um, They either sink or swim. Exactly. And you have to go in with that mindset like, okay, we're going to give this one last try here to stop this codependent relationship mm-hmm. from going on. And if it doesn't, then we need to part ways. Like that's, and we've had that happen. Not mm-hmm. very often, but Not we've had often. to, we've had to fire clients that were mm-hmm. here for different reasons or were like literally counseling clients. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes as a coach, you need to know that like you need right. to be okay with the fact that some of your clients are coming to you and they really need to be to counselors because the confidence thing that you were saying, Mandy, mm-hmm. if their if their self confidence isn't high enough for this not to be codependent, you need to refer them on mm-hmm. to somebody who can help with that. Exactly, and I think you know some of my favorite coaching sessions with a one on one client are the ones where they say, you know what, um, I was paying attention to what you were saying in this podcast episode, or I was reading this book one day, and mm-hmm. this question popped in my mind. Let's chew on this. Like, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. What is stopping me? And as a coach, your job is to pull the best out of them. It's not, like you said earlier, to make them into miniature versions of you. Right. And that question, when, when clients stop and have that moment, that is such a moment for me as a coach. Because I'm like, yes. that's where we want them to be. Mm-hmm. Not like what would Rachel do or what would right. Mandy do or what, like, how would they accomplish this? No. How would you accomplish this? Like mm-hmm. when you have those thoughts that you could pull on the string or you could ignore and you choose to lean in, that is what a, the best coaches can do Yes, is like, even when I think of like 
the t- few times that I've worked with like a trainer where you're pretty sure you can only do 10 more of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're like two more. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I actually did two more. Uh-huh. Um, you know, teaching you to find that inner confidence, that's what the best coaches do. It is. And so for for a season while you're learning that confidence, mm-hmm. because if you do come into a coaching relationship as the client and you have unhealthy confidence, yep. which usually, usually shows up as arrogance. Right. right. Uh, and usually a lot of people will. Right. It's what you do with it as a coach. Yep. Uh, determines on whether or not it's going to turn into an unhealthy codependent right. accountability because relationship. Because unhealthy confidence can also be low self-esteem. Oh, for sure. Like that's not, yep. that is that is not healthy. And you might be confident in one area, but you're not confident in who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. Th- those are two different things. You can be confident that you can do a good job, but feel completely insecure. Oh, yeah. Not a healthy confidence. Like right. they should match. Yep. <laughs> and so the the thing that I think is is important when it comes to accountability is as a coach, you need to know what kind of accountability they need. Mm-hmm. Do they need, and this goes into understanding personality types, <laughs> do they need to have encouragement mm-hmm. along with being challenged? Do they just need tough love and challenging? Like, what is it that this person needs? Mm-hmm. That's the type of accountability you need to give, not the kind that you want to give. Right. Because most of the time, that will only be about a fourth of your clients. Or you'll notice right. that all of your clientele, all of a sudden, are one it's just personality. Like you. Right. Yes. Because you usually, if you don't know what you're doing, you will attract yourself, mm-hmm. which is fine sometimes if that is your ideal client. Mm-hmm. However, as coaches, we should be way more well, well-rounded than that. In the beginning, a lot of things are going to be maybe a little bit more towards codependency, a little bit more one-sided when it comes to certain personalities that are coming to you because you're you're starting out. Right. That's how we started out too. Yep. Um, but you have as to practice you, your skill. Right. As you grow as a coach, as you grow as a trainer, you're going to be able to work with all different kinds of personalities and knowing how to draw that out and lean into what kind of accountability they need and what works and what doesn't. Because if you don't already know that, not everybody can be encouraged in the same way. Right. Because <laughs> no. Uh, they can't. They cannot. Because what will build somebody up will crush somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you need to pay attention to that as a coach because mm-hmm. sometimes that will change throughout the relationship. I think just working with people in general. Like right. if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, if you have a team that you're building um, for, you know, whether it's like a corporation and like a mom and pop type business or a small, small business. Or it's like, you know, where we, we mentioned earlier, even with network marketing, if you are working with people in business, you need to know this because you might not be a coach necessarily, but learning how to motivate people, learning how to encourage people and give accountability in a way that doesn't bring out the codependency, that mm-hmm. is a skill that all leaders need to have. It is. So, okay. So we we talked about how you know, so that that idea of duplication is different than codependency. Oh, yeah. And and that really is like duplication is find, you know, Danny Johnson says this, find somebody who has what you want and do what they do. Exactly. That does not be, that does not mean be who they are. Or, yeah. She does not say become them. Right. She <laughs> says, do what they do. Mm-hmm. Now that translates into every career, mm-hmm. every industry. Right. Like there are certain things, certain tasks that you do that lead to success and certain mm. tasks that lead to failure. Right. And it all starts with your mindset. Mm-hmm. Now, the the thing that we've heard uh, years ago when we were working with Sandy Krakowski, we heard her say that uh, don't work with clients that you have to babysit. Mm-hmm. 
And we both have had clients that we've had to babysit. Yes. And I will be so bold as to say that sometimes we, I know I have, looking back, I'd say, maybe you've done this too, but I know for sure I have. Sometimes I've created clients I've had to babysit. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that, yes, I've had clients I've had to babysit, but I want you to pull on that a little bit and explain what that means where you've created clients you've had to babysit. What do you mean by that? Uh, I what I mean by that is I wanted their success more than they did. Okay. And so I did everything I could to make them drink the water. Right. But they didn't want to. Right. And so they they would show up and they would do things and we would have great conversations and they would somewhat do the homework too, but they just weren't getting it. Mm-hmm. And I would beat myself up as a coach because I thought, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? They're not getting it. I must be doing something wrong. And that is, you now have a client that you have to babysit because you want it more than they do. Right. And that usually turns into a mess. It does. Because oftentimes, like if you're talking the nuts and bolts of having your own company, that often those are often the ones that are rescheduling at the last minute. They're yes. often the ones that you, you kind of uh, dread, Yep. for lack of a better term. Your sessions with them. Because, because they drain your energy. They drain your energy. And it's not coaching. Like there right. is a specific industry that is coaching. And there are certain clients that beautifully match that. And then there's others that aren't. And when they don't, it's most often, mm-hmm. I would bet most often it's this codependency that's mm-hmm. crept in. Either you created it because they didn't want to do what it took to get to whatever goal they were trying to accomplish um, or they came in that way. Mm-hmm. And I would say that every, I, I think this is a rite of passage that <laughs> every coach goes through. Yes. And hopefully if you're a coach and you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through that. Okay, well, here's the thing. There is some value to be gained. I think you have to have a few of them. I think you have to have to a learn few of them. your own boundaries, first yep. of all, and what, what kind of clients you best work with and right. who you want um, in your... In your in, in your corporation, mm-hmm. it is up to you. You are the business owner. You do get to decide. It is, and and the thing is, okay, for those of you who are like, but I'm not a coach, but I maybe want to work with a coach, so I don't understand how this applies to me. Here's the thing: show up. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a coaching client, whether it's a business coaching client, uh, whether you're working on some life goals, health goals, mm-hmm. whatever it is, show up. Right. Bring your mess, <laughs> and be honest about it. If you're lying to your coach, that's on you. Your coach can't help you if you're not honest. Mm-hmm. If you're not, even if they're asking you some pretty personal questions and you don't want to share, like then you're not ready for coaching. Right. But if they're asking you personal questions and you're honest with them, then we can get somewhere. We can work with we that. We can work with yes. that. Because yep. then we know, okay, like I, I've had people in the past that held back on telling me the truth about some really important things that completely changed how which direction I would go as a coach. <laughs> right. Right? Yes. And sometimes that can get muddied if you're coaching a friend. Mm -hmm. So not every friendship can have that relationship. Um, Rachel and I have a very unique friendship Mm -hmm. where we're kind of like a married couple. (laughs) And we're like sister. Like you and I can communicate probably better than my husband and I can communicate. Yes, I would agree. Yes. Yep. (laughs) And and I meant that for my for my relationship right. too, not just yes, I agree. Right, we communicate better than you and Nate. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, but that's because we we have to deal with some hard things 
being best friends and working in a business together. Oh, for sure. Yes. And we have, in our five years, we have watched partnerships come and go Mm -hmm. that tried to build something similar to what we did, maybe Mm -hmm. even in different industries. But we have seen people try to have what we have and not be willing to lean into the hard questions. And they're no longer around. And some people on the outside will think that you and I are codependent. Mm -hmm. And that's not it. Like, codependent people don't call each other out on their crap. No. (laughs) You guys would be surprised at how often that actually happens. Now, we go and get coaches in the places that we need. Like, I I am not going to be Mandy's health coach. No. She is certainly not going to be the coach that's helping me through some things right now. Like, there are some niche people that you need to be looking for. But when it comes to, like, our mindset and it comes to how we're feeling about something or even some, like, some spiritual type things... We got each other's back on that and we know how to lean in and we also know how to not and to let her Mm -hmm. kind of just just let her walk through it for a little bit before you like do the tough love. And I, I think this is why people tell you that partnerships are not a good idea when it comes to businesses, Mm -hmm. because I have seen that happen over and over and over again where partnerships don't work. And I'm like, well, why don't they work like ours works? But that's it, Mm -hmm. because I think when you don't have that, you will get codependent and it will sink. Yes. The whole thing will sink because if you are going into this with, you know, a lack of confidence mm-hmm. and you're not willing to do the work individually for your own personal and professional growth, you will not build a company together. You will implode the thing. Right. All based on your own relationship. Oh, completely. And there's there's all these different things. I mean, all you have to do is go on Pinterest and look for infographics on like codependency versus healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Or is it interdependence would be the opposite of that? I, I'm pulling this out of a memory. Um, on I can't Pinterest, think of what so the actual remember, term but, is, but if you like, usually they just say healthy relationships right. is kind of just the blanket term. And so uh, what Rachel and I have is really this ability to work through things in healthy ways. Which is really what the best relationships have, whether it's business or marriage or friendship or parenting. Mm -hmm. All of the best ones have figured out how to do this and not become codependent on each other. Where then, because my first marriage Mm -hmm. was codependent on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like it was just icky. The whole thing was awful. But because we didn't know how to not be codependent on each other. Like Mm -hmm. it started way back in high school, we were codependent on each other. And if you don't stop that cycle, it will keep happening and it will keep dragging down relationships, businesses, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just, you know, you as a coach needs to watch for this. You as a person needs to watch for this. You need to make sure that whatever you're bringing to the table is your very best. Mm -hmm. And that means you've got to lean into personal growth. You need to lean into professional growth. You just need to lean into growth. Right. In general. Yes. (laughs) Because I, I, I would say when you were in that first marriage, there were some unhealthy codependent things that were leaking into our business. Oh, for sure. We were both, when we started out in business together as big blue couch coaching, we were both, walking out of and sometimes still in Mm -hmm. seasons of deep grief, deep Mm -hmm. depression. And we were finding our way out. Yep. And when we did that, we decided to help people along the way. Right. And now watching both of us 
step into the businesswoman that we are mm-hmm. and the team that we've become is astounding to me because <laughs> there you can like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so codependent, I can't do anything without anybody's <laughs> help. Uh, is there any hope for me? Yes, yes. there is. <laughs> Mandy and I should be the poster t- children for you can you can get yourself yes. out of these kinds of relationships. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Is yeah. it going to be tough choices? Yes. Are you uh-huh. going to have to learn boundaries? Absolutely. Yeah. Are there going to be consequences that you might have Absolutely. to deal with and make things like trigger calendars? Yes. However, they know what can- that is now because of my episode with Laura last week. Oh, so did you talk about I it in did. there? I okay. did. Yes. Um, it can be done. Yeah, like, it definitely literally, can be done. It can be done. Yep. And the thing is, you have to start with you. You can't bring anybody out of that mess mm-hmm. before you bring yourself out and of I that mess. And I think as coaches, you guys have to lean into this mm-hmm. because this is for anybody who's helping somebody else. Yes. You have got to help yourself first. And they it's just like what they talk about on those planes and they use this analogy yeah. all the time. But seriously, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. Like there is no way, we've talked about this, there's no way we would have built Rayma team if I was still in my first marriage. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before we started the podcast. Right. Like today we've had the woman that I was then could not do, Mm-mm. could not handle what we had to go through over the last four months to completely take apart one dream while still and build a new one at the exact same time and somehow not sink both of them. Like right. that capacity to do that. I couldn't have done that. And, before. and the person I was before couldn't have handled the fact that I would not be the CEO. Right. If I'm honest, like, and and it's when there are changing titles, even when it's right, even when it's good, there mm-hmm. there are insecurities that come up. Oh, yeah. And so you have to be willing to look at that and be like, wow, what am I going to do with that insecurity? Am I going right. to keep letting it bother me or right. am I going to work on it? And for me, for me, like getting the divorce didn't fix it. No. Because if I had just gotten divorced and stayed that same woman and didn't get any help with what was left over, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Like the divorce wasn't the solution to how I got to Rayma team, how I got to CEO, how we got here. That was one of the steps that needed to happen. But if I had stopped there, if I had decided, okay, well, now I don't, now I'm not married to this person anymore. So now the sky is the limit. No, the sky was not the limit because I was still me. Mm-hmm. I still had to deal with all of the inner conflict, all of the mindset, all of the the trauma and things that happen. Um, even just divorce itself is trauma. Right. You have got to know that just getting yourself out of one codependent relationship or situation isn't going to set you up for success for the next no. time around if you do nothing personally. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you don't lean into those healing things you need to do, and that is getting yourself a coach, getting yourself a counselor. I've had a variety of people over the last couple of years helping me figure out how to stop patterns that I developed as a child um, that are no longer serving me, no longer healthy. We stopped working on divorce a long time ago because there were things that that needed to happen and healing that needed to happen. But I'm the common denominator in Big Blue Couch and in Raymond Team. And I had to figure out how to line myself up with the idea that I'm going to be CEO. And what does that mean? Yes, I had natural abilities. Yes, I had natural talents, but Mm -hmm. I had to do that hard work or I wouldn't have been able to do this. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, me not being CEO is actually brought a lot more joy to my life (laughs) than stress. Thank you so much for, you know, 
steering the ship all the years that you did? Oh, it was hard. It was hard keeping the ship alive when the real captain was checked out. (laughs) (laughs) I say that with love because we laugh. We laugh at our experiences. Otherwise, we'd have ulcers. (laughs) So um, the thing is, okay, this unintended danger of accountability is codependency. Mm -hmm. And... It can happen with the best intentions. Oh, yeah. In relationships, whether it's, you know, we've said it, whether it's a a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a work relationship, a coaching relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you suspect that there is codependency in your life, and specifically, if you suspect that your accountability is bordering codependency, Mm -hmm. I have two questions for people to ask themselves. Okay. And these are real questions. Okay. They're not going to be fluffy. They're definitely not going to feel good. And that's we don't your warning. We do fluffy questions as Raymond We do so not. You know. We never really did no, as Big Blue Couch, did. but nope. I can't handle fluff. I don't even, it's, no, I don't need a cotton candy solution. I need real. So here's the real questions to ask yourself. The first one, what am I getting from this emotionally? <laughs> Because you are. You are. You're getting something. If your first instinct is I'm not getting anything, uh, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. You're getting something. We all get something from our relationships. Yes. Good and bad. Whether it's you're the coach Mm -hmm. and you have created clients that you have to babysit, what are you getting from that emotionally? Mm -hmm. Whether you are the client and you feel like you can't do anything without your coach's help, what are you getting from that emotionally? Mm -hmm. Is it feeding yourself pity? Because that's a problem. The second question, how can I shift this to a healthy mindset within myself? Mm-hmm. How can I shift this to a healthy mindset within myself? So this is where I want the coaches and the trainers to specifically listen up. Do not create clients that cannot sustain their goals without you. That is not your purpose in helping them. You are not supposed to be their end-all, be-all, only solution then you haven't created results. You've created codependent people that are now your little minions. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that is the truth. And that is a hard truth to swallow as a coach, but it is. You want people who are getting results. So don't let your mindset go to that very prideful place of if they can't do it without me. Right. And we have seen this happen on small stages. Like we've seen this happen Mm -hmm. in our company and we've seen this happen with coaches on large stages. Mm -hmm. Heed the warning now because you can't call yourself a coach if you don't have clients that are creating their own goals Mm -hmm. and reaching their own goals and not just recreating what you did. Mm -hmm. And uh, so who was I having this conversation with? One of my clients is a a coach. Uh, She's a health coach. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this very thing of goals and how do you help people when they don't want it? You don't. You don't, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the simplest answer. Right. You don't. You can't. It is. And and I had to look at my client and say, okay, here's the thing. Like, I can draw a goal out of somebody, but if I'm feeding you that goal, mm-hmm. like, that's never a good thing. Right. Like, I don't want my clients to be me. I want them to be them. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Okay, well... If your client had a goal, I'm just going to use running because that that's the goal I'm rocking mm-hmm. this year. Because believe it or not, rebranding our company was that not was, something... That was not on the goal list uh-uh. in December or January. No, it, uh, but it we wasn't sat on down our radar. To do these. 
So the goal that I have been really rocking and sticking to and getting results in this year is running and preparing for a half marathon. And it's it's rough. Like what I notice about myself is that whenever I hit a milestone of hitting, you know, eight miles, nine miles, 10 miles, I go through about a two or three week period after that where Mm -hmm. I just need to not do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, it's because we're winding down to the end of this rebrand and all my energy is in in it's insane it's the insane amount of energy it has taken to the do amount this. of creativity and brain power it <laughs> takes to do this and make sure that we're we're actually being intentional about what we're putting out there and not doing what we would have done before right because um, that's easy we can recreate big yeah. blue couch um but learning that's not how what to we're not recreate big blue couch that was the hard thing it was and so i've i've noticed that i have to be okay with the fact that when i hit a milestone it's okay if i take a few weeks mm-hmm. a week or two or three. <laughs> and sometimes my body needs that to to recover. Mm-hmm. And But I'm also noticing, so I'm doing all this running, my lung functions haven't changed. That's starting to bother me. Like right. having cystic fibrosis and being able to run as much as I am, but it's not moving the needle on my numbers. Did it move the needle when you were running before? No. Because that's when you were dropping, right? Because weren't you running about the same time? Yeah. That all okay. It so, probably helped me not drop so much, right. but like it probably maintained, but right. it didn't move the needle up, right? right? So okay. it's maintaining. It's good for my mental health. I like it. It's it's. I don't want to be running this distance all the time, but um. But what I'm noticing is after my half marathon, I have different goals, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, they're not running goals. Like <laughs> my running goals are to get faster at a five k. Mm-hmm. Like that's my running goal. And but I have different goals now, so that might require me to find a different trainer that is is maybe a little bit more specified mm-hmm. or specialized in the goals that I have. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I I work with an amazing trainer. You guys got to hear her story. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a great trainer for running. I've also found some really great trainers who have cystic fibrosis, mm-hmm. live in other countries, and they have programs that work your muscles that really work with nutrition for CF patients. Right. And that's probably where I'm going to go after I hit this running goal. Right. And I think as a coach, you need to know that. Right. That it's okay if your people outgrow you or their goals change and they need to shift to somebody else. Yes. Like that's a that's something to celebrate because you've gotten them to the point that they can look into the future and be like, okay, well, this coaching worked so well for me. For this goal, mm-hmm. that I'm going to do this again. Yes. With somebody else because, you know, I need somebody specialized. But that's like, that's a huge success for mm-hmm. a client. That is not something you should avoid. Because right. if you do, that is going to create coaching. Now, here's the thing. When you know yourself well, you can recognize when you have codependent tendencies, mm-hmm. when it creeps in. So I know that there's a certain part of my personality that really, and I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, probably because <laughs> my first personality tells all the things. Um, <laughs> it's that blue sapphire. Right? But my red ruby, she likes a challenge. <laughs> and so my trainer said to me one day, she, she challenged me with something about like a year from now going to compete as a runner uh, at like, I don't know if it's the national or inter, I don't even know what it is because I don't pay attention. Some big track and field thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And there is a part of me that really wants to do that and prove that I can. Right. There's another part of me that needs to be like, wait a minute, Mandy, what are your actual goals? Mm-hmm. And is that challenge going to help you 
reach your actual goals or is it going to distract you? Mm-hmm. It, it all comes down to saying yes to the right things. Yep. And when you have a codependent relationship, you will be easily, like, easily misled. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you are a coach who is leading by your goals instead of theirs, mm-hmm. ooh, watch out. <laughs> watch out because there, there's a fine line between drawing the best out of somebody and leading them to their best life versus creating something they never wanted in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think passion shouldn't be the only determination of which goal is most important to them because... I, I love the way you said it. Is that goal going to actually move me towards my goals that matter or is it going to distract? Because I know a lot of the things that you've kind of gone back and forth with, with this whole running goal is how much time it has right. taken to actually accomplish this. Yep. And is some of that time being taken away from things that build up the other creative outlet that you need to have in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as a coach, you need to be able to see both sides of that and be able to say, you know, not just take passion or a challenge um, as the be all end all goal that they need to have. Mm -hmm. Like you have got to be able to see bigger than that. Right. I mean, I have I have goals to write books that become New York Times bestsellers. I have goals to speak. That takes a lot of time too. It does. (laughs) I have goals to speak on certain stages that I'm nowhere near entering yet. And I have to choose like, yes, running and uh, is good for me, but is competing going to take me away from that? And, and I, I always thought I wasn't a competitive person. Turns out that's wrong. I actually am. (laughs) It's just, I'm competitive. I'm not competitive in a team sport type of way. Mm -hmm. It's more an individual Individual sport (laughs) and I will get easily distracted. And I have to ask myself, is that what I want? Mm -hmm. Like, will that goal take away from a different goal? Because you guys, if you, a lot of times when we have people that are coaches, they also want to write a book. Yep. They also want to Well, usually speak. they have a story. Like they have a something, story. Something that makes them want to help somebody else. Right. And um, you guys, that takes time. <laughs> like, I am laughing because there are so many books that Mandy and I have that are like half written, chicken scratches, like varying levels of being done because there is so much time that it takes to actually sit down and write the book, which is why most authors are only authors. Because right. like, you know, when you, when you study authors like Ernest Hemingway and some of the other ones that talk about how you have to literally write, Stephen King talks about it too. How you have to literally write every day. Yeah. If you're going to be an author, you have to write every single day. Yep. Finding the time to write every single day. Holy moly. Like mm-hmm. that. And I think that's, that's that, that push between, yeah, this is a goal I could do right now because it would challenge me, but what it distract from everything else. Mm-hmm. That I want to get done. I feel like this podcast episode has turned into something we did not expect it to be. And I, I'm really excited about that. But I, I came up with another danger of accountability. Oh, just That now? also starts with a C. Okay. Um, so we have codependency. We also have comparison. Ooh. And I was what I was thinking about is all these accountability groups that there are on Facebook. Just the free, the, just, the groups just in general? Accountability groups. All the times people have been like, find an accountability partner within this Facebook group. And that has never worked for me. Me neither. <laughs> like, no, because no, just no. Like, 
why do you want somebody who can't keep themselves accountable to be your accountability, your accountability partner? <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Like, so think about like that, you guys. It's the leading the blind. It is. And, and you know, sometimes I think we we get pulled into comparison because we think, oh, gosh, this is just something I'm wrestling with inside myself. It's my podcast. I can be as vulnerable <laughs> you as I want to. You can you want to. My <laughs> <laughs> <I> party. <laughs> So here's what I realized. I can be really hard on myself because I kind of compare. It's so easy to do. We compare where we're at with somebody else's highlight reel mm-hmm. and where like where we wish our highlight highlight reel was yep. right now and isn't yet. And I think for me, sitting here going, oh, gosh, I'm not very good at at keeping myself accountable because I haven't re- reached this marker point yet. Mm -hmm. That's such a load of crap (laughs) because I am good at keeping myself accountable when I care about the goal. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot with our clients. If you don't care about the goal, they're not going to do it. You can write it down as many times as you want to. You will not accomplish it. Right. There is an art to figure out which goals you Mm -hmm. actually care about and which line up with your priorities. You can't just sit down and write your goals on December whatever, doing zero personal growth or professional growth and expect that those goals are going to actually be ones you carry past January 31st. That's why people have a hard time with resolutions. That's why the percentages are so high for people that are like, because we all know we should have them. I think we all know that you're supposed to have those kinds of goals and relationships Mm -hmm. in your life that can spur you forward. Right. But the high percentage of people who never actually accomplish them shows you that we're doing it wrong. Right. That that codependency, that that comparison is is draining everything away from us. So we, in, and once you start failing at your goals, you're going to keep failing right. at your goals. You're going to either A, keep setting ones that you don't care about and you never accomplish, which makes you feel like a complete fat failure. And you will keep doing that. Like, mm-hmm. like creates like, and so whatever path you're on, whether that is towards the codependency or towards the healthy you mm-hmm. will keep recreating that in whatever relationship it is, work, life, business, whatever. Right. And so I think we've given you guys a lot to chew on. And here's where here's where I want to leave everybody with, I think. Um, I want to leave you with the idea of how to create self-validation as a coach, like how to teach that to your clients. And then you, as the person needing the accountability, how to do that. And I think the first thing you need to realize is what makes you feel validated. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that that make you feel like you did a good job? Is it encouragement? Is it celebrating? Like accolades? Accolades? Is it money? What is it? Like, how do you measure your progress? And what measurable progress keeps you motivated? Like that's really what it comes down to because if you're working with somebody and they yell at you and they they never they never actually give you the encouragement that you need mm-hmm. you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And you as the coach like working with somebody who isn't getting results that's going to weigh on you. It might right. take a year or two or five, <laughs> but eventually you're going to be like, "Man, am I even helping them because they haven't gotten any results?" I'm going to tell you right now, no. You're not helping yourself. You're, you're not helping them. Right. So help them get results. Mm-hmm. Whether that's helping them 
you know, start. So we have clients that we help with business coaching and it's helping them write that first email, Mm -hmm. write that whole email process, the whole pipeline, (coughs) helping them, you know, put their first program out there, Mm -hmm. helping them launch it. Even if only two people register. Helping them sign up for your DBA at the Capitol. I mean, it's like the most simple things. But this is where accountability works Mm -hmm. to make sure that you just keep moving forward. Because what I was thinking was like, if you're a coach or like any kind of coach in any kind of industry and you look at your pool of clients and if they are on very similar paths that they were a year ago, you need to look at that and why. Mm -hmm. And is it something you're projecting and doing wrong in your coaching that's causing this codependency or causing a certain kind of people to be attracted to you? Because that is something Maddie and I had to talk about a lot when we decided to go from Big Blue Couch to Rayma Team is who are we attracting and why? Who do we, like what lights us up? What sparks our curiosity when they walk through the door? Mm -hmm. And how do we recreate that to keep happening and recreate those kind of people that want the right kind of accountability and are not going to be codependent. Mm -hmm. And if you can look back at your clients and the vast majority of them are in a completely different place and that could be a baby step or huge leap, but growth, Mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for as a coach. That's how you know you're not creating these codependent relationships. Mm -hmm. So with that, go back and listen to this episode again and again, because there's questions that we Mm -hmm. had you answer. There are Lots of stories. And I feel like I feel like there's a lot of wisdom that has been shared here that we did not plan on sharing. No, I agree. <laughs> like I think I I yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So here's the thing. The way that you help people through accountability is to remind them that they're capable of doing it on their own. That and if you have to be the voice reminding yourself that, then Stick a sticky note on the mirror and tell yourself that every morning. I can do this. I am capable of making progress. I can move forward. I'm doing this with or without other people. Like, do it for you. That's so important because you're the only person who gets to live this life. Nobody else is going to care about your goals like you do. Nobody else is going to feel that regret at the end of your life that you might feel if you don't even try. And so... That's what we want to leave you with. Any any last any last words for this episode, Rachel, that you want to leave people with on this whole idea of the unintended danger of accountability? Um, honestly, the last thing I would say is just to make sure that instead of looking at your clients only, especially if you are a coach, and being like, oh gosh, they're all codependent, please look inward first. Oh, completely. Please do the hard work first that it takes, because if you don't, you're going to keep attracting that anyway. So you might as well look at yourself first. Um, and if there's like certain moments in here, they're like, ooh, that that feels a little bit icky. Lean into it. That's mm-hmm. my challenge for you. Lean into it. You will not go to the next level if you can't move into self-motivation mm-hmm. and even just to like. I wonder why that is. Yep. That's good advice to end with. So Rachel, thank you for being my guest today. Thanks for having me. I'm sure I'll have you on here more often. And with that, we just want to leave you with that challenge that, that, and this reminder 
that you are an overcomer. And the only person who can choose to rise up and overcome any situation in your life is you. So my hope is that you will leave this episode. You will do everything you need to to rise up and be the self-motivated person, the self-motivated influencer that you're designed to be so that you can live and lead well and help others along the way. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. But for now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I also want to give a shout out to my very handsome husband, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. For more information, go to www.raymateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the name Ms. Mandy B. Anderson. Oh, and one last thing. I hope you heard something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.